Welcome to The Power of Responding. I'm super excited about getting this thing rolling. In this intro episode, I just want to introduce who I am, why I'm creating this, what I want to do with this moving forward, and why you should even listen to me. In this podcast, I'm not going to tell you how you should live your life or what you should do to make it better. I'm just going to share real life experiences of how I've overcome my adversity in my life and kind of what I've done to maneuver through my struggles and what's helped me the most along the way. Over the past five to six years, I've really struggled with my self-identity and kind of finding my place in this world. I don't think I was ever truly depressed, but there was a lot of times where I would just look at myself in the mirror and not know where I belong. So I just finished up my football career where I played four years at Kennesaw State. I had a lot of great experiences and created a lot of great friendships along the way. Going into my junior year, I learned a skill that changed the way I live my life forever. And that skill was the ability to be vulnerable. So going into my junior year, a teammate and a close friend of mine came up to me and told me that he was creating a small group and wanted to know if I wanted to join. And at this time in my life, I was really struggling with my faith and my mental health. So I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. So me and five other teammates would meet in his living room every Tuesday morning and we would get vulnerable. We would talk about what we were struggling with. We would talk about our mental health and kind of where our headspace was at that week. And we would discuss how we could all help each other as a group. And I didn't grow up this way, talking about my feelings and kind of what I was going through. Like, yeah, like I was in church small groups growing up, but like nothing this personal. But the thing I valued the most out of my small group was knowing that I wasn't alone. Like once I got done sharing my struggles, everyone in the group would be like, bro, like I'm going through the same thing right now. Like I'm struggling with the same thing you are. And that gave me a sense of security, knowing I wasn't the only one going through struggles. And I would leave there feeling more confident in myself because I knew I wasn't alone. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why does no one else have these conversations? Like, why is this not more common? Like, I would try to have these conversations, like, with my roommates or my other close friends, but, like, no one really wanted to have these awkward conversations. Like, it was hard to bring up. Like, I would scroll social media, and it looked like everyone's life was just, like, picture perfect. And I knew it was a bunch of, like, just people's highlight reels. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to post your wins, but, like, I knew that these people were struggling. And I knew these people were struggling because I was struggling, and I'm a very happy person. I love the people in my life. I love what I do, and I'm proud for what I stand for. But yet, like, I was still struggling. And that's the reason I'm creating this podcast. I'm creating this podcast because I want to help. I want to build a community that's centered around helping and encouraging others. And that's what I'm about to do right now. I'm about to get vulnerable and I'm about to tell you a story about my past that I haven't really told anyone before and kind of how my past failures have shaped me to be, have shaped me into the person that I am today and kind of how it's put me on this mission that I'm on right now. So as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a college football quarterback. My dream was to be the quarterback at a big time college. So I told my parents when I was little, hey, this is what I want to do. And they agreed to support me in any way they could. So I started training when I was about 12 years old and I missed out on a lot of things when I was younger because I was so committed to making my dreams a reality. When I was in middle school, my parents sat me down and asked me how serious I was about playing college football, and I told them I was very serious. So my dad moved my family to Buford so I could have the best opportunity to go play college football. My career at Buford started out hot. My first week I was there, I got called up to varsity as a freshman and got playing time as a freshman and a sophomore. I started to make a name for myself as I was getting recruited from schools like Wake Forest and Troy. I was projected to be the start of my junior and senior year, and my goal was to win two state championships and then go play big-time college football. Going into my junior year, we had a coaching change. My current head coach took a college job, and we had a new coach come in who brought a 6'5 freshman quarterback with him. The other quarterbacks in the room saw the writing on the wall and ended up transferring. But I had no thoughts of transferring because I've created relationships with everyone on the team, and I was a leader on the team. So I decided to stay and compete, and we did just that. We competed every day. I brought my best every day and amped up my leadership on the team. We were neck and neck throughout the summer. We had a scrimmage game a week before week one before the real season started. And our head coach sat us both down in his office and told us whoever performed better in the scrimmage was going to be started week one. I'm like, all right, let's go. So I got the first two drives and he got the second two drives. On my first two, 
My first two drives just went okay. I didn't turn the ball over, but we didn't score any touchdowns. During his two drives, the kid went off. On like the first play of the first drive, he threw like a 70-yard touchdown and then came back and scored right away on his second drive. And I just remember standing on the sidelines thinking, well, shit. I remember sitting in my room that night just looking at myself in the mirror. Like I wasn't mad. Like I wasn't sad. I, I just felt kind of numb. And I remember thinking to myself, like all of that hard work, like all of that time spent working to be a quarterback just came to a stop in one night. Like all of that work just amounted to this. And I just remember feeling embarrassed. Like I felt like I embarrassed my family. I felt like I embarrassed my sisters. And honestly, like I was embarrassed to be myself. Like I didn't want to show my face around the school with everyone knowing I just got beat up by a freshman quarterback. Like how embarrassing is that? So the next day I was getting a bunch of texts from my coaches saying stuff like, hey man, like tough shake, like you're a leader on the team, like let's bounce back. So I met with a head coach on Monday morning and told him that my main goal was to win a state championship and that I'm going to help this team do that in any way I can. So I moved positions. I changed my positions to receiver and safety, two positions I've never played before, and there's only one week left before the start of the season. So I came in early and I stayed late every day. I ended up having a pretty good junior year. I got more comfortable with the positions and I knew I could get on the field if I controlled two things, my effort and my assignments. I knew if I ran to the ball every play and I got lined up and I got other people lined up correctly, it would help me get on the field. I started a couple games that year. We ended up getting beat in the semifinals to the team that won it all. But by the time the season was over, I ended up leading our team in interceptions. So at that time, I was kind of getting my mojo back and my self-confidence back. I was starting to feel good again about myself. And I started to feel good again about myself because I was getting recruited to play safety at the next level. And that's what I wanted most. I wanted to play college football. I was really excited about my senior year. Our senior class was loaded and we were projected to win state. I was one of the leaders on the team and I was having fun again. We played Tucker first game of the year. Tucker was good. We were good. We were playing at Georgia State Stadium with a packed crowd. During the third quarter, we had them backed up on their 10-yard line where they were punting out of their own end zone. At this point in the game, we were up by two scores. Coach made a call for me to go block the punt. I get past the line and I block the punt. The ball's rolling to the back of the end zone and I'm chasing it to jump on it for a touchdown. The ball bounces and goes straight up in the air. I try to stop and recover and my knee gives out. But my buddy right behind me jumps on the ball and we score and we all start going crazy. I try to get up to celebrate and I fall and I think, well, that's weird. And I try to get up again and I fall again. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And like by that time, like my teammates were making their way back to the sideline. And I try to get up again for the third time and I fall again. And by that time, like our trainers have made their way out to me telling me to like stay on the ground. I'm like, hell no, I'm not staying on the ground. Like I'm not that hurt. So I get up and I walk off the field and I go to the training table. And Dr. Osselbuck runs me through some tests. And he's like, all right, I got good news. Like you passed the ACL test, like no major injury to any ligaments in the knee. He's like, worst case scenario, tissue damage and a lot of inflammation. It's like, you'll be back in two weeks. So get the MRI after the game, but don't get the readings until Monday afternoon. I remember my parents checked me out of school when we go to Dr. Osselbrook's office. I remember my parents and I were sitting in the office when he came in with his papers, and I'll never forget what he said. He looked up from his paper and said, so the results came back a little bit more sinister than I thought. He said, you completely tore your ACL, we're going to need immediate surgery, and you're out for the rest of the season. I just remember thinking, like, I just didn't hear him correctly. Like, there's just no way. So then, like, my dad starts talking to him about, like, the next steps, and then, like, my mom starts crying, and, like, I still haven't said a word, and I just remember just like choosing not to believe like what I just heard. So like without saying any words, I just got up out of the office and I just went to my truck. Remember I slammed the door and I just sat there for about 30 seconds in silence, trying to like, just kind of like comprehend what just happened. And then it all hit me at once. Just tears started rolling down my face. I remember just yelling and just like banging on the steering wheel, yelling at God, like, why is this happening to me? Like, this is not how my high school career is supposed to go. Like none of this was part of the plan. And I was blessed to have a lot of good friends on the team. Um, a lot of my teammates came over to my house that night just to kind of keep me, keep me company and kind of give me words of encouragement and tell me, like, I'm still a big part of this team. Like, our goal has not changed. Like, we're still going to win the state championship. 
So I met with the head coach the next day, and that's exactly what I told him. I told him, I know I'm not going to be much help on the field, but my goal is to win a state championship, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help this team do that. And that's exactly what I did. I damn near became a coach. Ended up having a pretty good senior year. We got beat by Bainbridge, who won the state championship, and I ended up winning the Ryan Daniel Award, which is like the most prestigious award to win at Buford. I remember it was a couple weeks before signing day, and all the schools that were recruiting me at the beginning of the season stopped. And I didn't really think I was going to have any opportunity to go play college football. So like, I started making plans in case that didn't work out. Well, just a couple weeks before signing day, Coach Chestnut from Kennesaw State called me and was like, we heard about your story. Like, We'd love to have you on our program. But the thing is, like, we don't have any money to offer you a scholarship. He's like, but if you come, you got a spot on the team. I'm like, perfect. All I need is a chance. So at that time, I had like six months to rehab and get back right. So I'm in the best physical and mental shape I've ever been in my life. I had a really good summer going into my freshman year and ended up having a really good freshman season. I ended up traveling as a freshman and we went 11-2 and that year. So going into my sophomore year, my goal was to start and to play a lot. But I ended up tearing a ligament in the same knee. And I just remember being so angry at the world thinking, this is not supposed to happen to me. Like this, is, this was not what the plan was supposed to be. Like this is not how it was supposed to go. But I ended up shaking back from that injury. So heading into my junior year, I had a lot of time to recover and get back healthy. And I was planning on being the guy my junior year. And at that time, I was kind of becoming a leader on the team and I was having fun again. But early in my junior year, I ended up tearing my labrum in my right shoulder and had to get immediate surgery. And this kind of sent me into a dark place. I just remember telling my parents and my friends, like, I don't want to play football anymore. Like, all football has done is just caused me pain. Like, I was really struggling with my self-identity and my mental health at this time. Luckily, this was the time when I started the small group with my teammates. So I got back on track and I was going to go all in on football my senior year. Like, I was going to make up for lost time this season. I had a really good summer and was a leader in my position room and on the team. We were projected to be really good that year, and I was back having fun again. We played a really good Sanford team week one. I go to hit somebody on kickoff return and blow out my shoulder. I just remember running back to the sideline with my shoulder still out of place, and it doesn't pop in until I get back on the sideline. And I just remember thinking to myself, there's no way that just happened. Like, there's no way that just happened. And I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want the trainers to know I was hurt. And I remember on that bus ride home, I was just thinking, there's no way that just happened. Like, there's no way I'm going to be hurt again. So I chose not to accept I was hurt. And I told myself, like, I'm not going to be hurt. Like, I'm going to finish this season. A couple weeks later, we're doing a drill in practice, and my shoulder comes out again. And at this time, there was no hiding it. But I told the trainers, do not put me on the injury reserve list. Like, whatever my teammates do, like, I'm going to do with them. So I had a very similar conversation with my coach my senior year in college as I did my senior year in high school. I told him, obviously, I won't bring much value on the field, but my goal is to win a championship, and I will do anything I can to help this team win a championship. And that's exactly what I did. I held myself accountable. I held players in my position room accountable, and I held players on the team accountable. I ended up having a pretty good senior year. My teammates picked me to be a captain, and I was awarded a full scholarship. I remember my last game at Missouri State. With the clock hitting zero, we were walking onto the field to shake hands, and I just remember turning back to look at my parents in the stands. And it kind of just hit me. My parents never missed a game like my whole football career, from when I started playing when I was eight to the last game I ever played. And there was like four years where I didn't even dress out. I was just in a jersey and shorts on the sidelines, but they never missed a game. They meant what they said when they told me that they were going to support me in pursuing my dream. And I just remember thinking to myself on that long bus ride home of how I kind of just like let them down. They like, they spent so much money, time and effort helping me pursue this goal of mine. And I really had nothing to show for it. Like my sisters changed high schools with me to help me pursue this dream of mine. And I had nothing to show for it. And I just remember thinking, like, what was all this for? In those next couple of weeks, I really had to adjust to a new normal. I went from having such a regimented schedule of having almost every hour of the day dedicated towards football to now having a lot more free time than I've ever had before. During that time, I started talking to a good friend of mine named Harry Miller. 
To give context about Harry, Harry and I went to high school together and played football together. Harry was a valedictorian our senior year and was the number one offensive lineman in the country. He committed to Ohio State where he started his freshman year. Around Thanksgiving one year, me and him met up to have dinner and to catch up. I remember, And I remember him telling me, hey, like, I want to tell you something. But before I tell you, I want you to know that I'm okay. And I'm like, okay, like what's up? He said, a couple of months back, I wanted to take my life. And I just remember being like taken away by the statement. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I had thoughts of taking my life. He said, the pressures of life just got to me. He said, I would play on a Saturday. And let's say I got a penalty or I made a mistake. He said, like, obviously my coaches would get on to me. He's like, but then when we get back to the bus and I would just have hate mail and fans like DMing me hateful stuff. He's like, but I couldn't think of that for too long because I had a big test coming up on Monday. He said, and I can't think of the test that long because we had practice later that day and I needed to correct my mistakes so we could win again on Saturday. He's like, and I couldn't think of that too much because I wanted to keep my social life and maintain the relationships with my friends and my loved ones. And the one thing about Harry, if Harry is going to do something, he's going to be the best at it. There's just no getting by with Harry. He wants to be the best at everything he does. He's the most intelligent, intellectual, and caring person that I know. And he just said the pressures just kept compounding on him. A couple months later, he went public with his story and shared it to the world. He ended up going on Good Morning America and sharing his story. Then he gave a tech talk about a story. And then his story spread across the nation and athletes from all over the country came out with their own story about how they struggle with their mental health and how Harry's story inspired them to come out with their own story. Harry is now writing books and creating a movement in the mental health area. And I believe he's going to change the world. And I remember talking to Harry saying, bro, like, I love what you're doing. I feel like you're making a real impact. Like, what's the best way I can help? And that's when I pitched him the idea of starting a podcast. And I said, and he said, I think that's a great idea. Just know that everyone and their brother is trying to start a podcast now. He said, like, how many people do we know that have sacrificed so much time and effort towards something and failed? Like, how many people do we know that we went to high school with that had such a bright future, but something happened and they come up short on one of their goals? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you respond at failing at something you cared a lot about? Like, I know what it's like to really care about something and fail. I know what it's like to sacrifice a lot of time and a lot of effort into something and lose. And that's one thing that we all have in common. We're all going to want something. We're all going to work really hard for it. And we're all going to come up short. That's just the way life works. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. But there has been two things in my life that has really helped me respond to adversity. One, knowing I'm not alone in my struggle. Two, knowing that there's other people depending on me to reach my goals. Like my family, like my future family are depending on me to do what I need to do to reach my goals. Like there are people right now that I don't even know depending on me to make this podcast. Like I'm not comfortable sitting behind this mic and telling you how I got beat up by a freshman in high school or how I dedicated a majority of my life to football and it really not working out for me and me feeling like I embarrassed and failed my family members. But I know someone needs to hear this. And if, and if they can think, if he can keep going, I can keep going. If he can keep showing up, I can keep showing up. And that's what I want the listeners to get out of this podcast. I want them to listen to the stories and reflect on a time in their life when they came up on short on one of their goals. And kind of like, how did you grow from that? Like, what did you learn about yourself during that time? Like the purpose of life is not to win at life. The purpose of life is to keep living, growing, and keep learning and helping others along the way. So like learn from your past struggles. Like my family and my future family is depending on me to learn from my past mistakes and my past failures. Like what can I learn about myself during that time to make myself stronger for the future? Like what did I learn about myself during that storm to help me navigate through future storms? Because that's one thing I know there will be future storms. Like I said, the point of life is not to win it. The point of life is to keep growing, keep learning and helping others along the way. Like you can't lose if you don't quit. I'm gonna say that one more time. You can't lose if you don't quit. And that's why I want to create this podcast. I want to help people. I want to build a community that encourages and helps others during a time of need. So in turn, they can have a story of their own, how they overcame their adversity and shared their story to someone else who needs it. I want listeners to think if they can do it, I can do it too. 
And just know that there are people depending on you to reach your goals. So just keep showing up and just keep responding. I love and appreciate each one of you. My only ask of you is to share this episode because it might make all the difference in the world for someone going through it right now. Thank you so much for listening today and I will see you next week. 